Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Hey everybody and welcome to the Are You Listening podcast where two friends sit down and talk about music for a little while. My name is Scott. I'm here with my good friend and co-host Brand. Brand, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Still enjoying Scott Uary here. Uh, can't escape. Yeah. No. We had a couple. We, we had a couple side side rest stops for me here and there, but we're just powering through. We're, Scott Uary, you're locked in. You're locked in. Going I mean, nowhere. There, yeah, the the inside door handle doesn't work on the car, so I can't get out. That's anymore. right. I get, I got the child locks on. You're tucked I'm sitting in. in the back. I'm sitting in the Click. back. I'm riding governor. <laughs> Click it. Click it or ticket. Obviously. In for the ride. <laughs> well, this week I gave you no use for a name's making friends. Yeah. Do you recall knowing anything about them previously? I There's a chance I heard something on a comp somewhere, but in order for me to find out what it would have been, I would have had to do some research. And yeah. I prefer to go in blind and then have you surprise me with things and then me have to reevaluate on the fly. Yeah, that's right. I prefer that too. It's it's fun putting you off center. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure th- there's a couple like specific comps that I can imagine hearing them on, but I didn't at least as far as I know, I didn't yeah. recall any of these tracks from a comp at least. Okay. Anything on a comp probably would have come off of the record previous to this or the record after this, I think. Okay. This one, I don't, I don't recall anybody really talking about this record, but it was like my favorite of theirs. You, so. But you wanted to talk about it. Yeah, I love this record. And that's yeah. what we're here to do. That's right. <laughs> it sure is. So let's, let's dive into the notes. We'll get into No Use for a Name uh, as a band first. Uh, no Use for a Name was an American punk rock band from Sunnyvale, California that formed in 1986. Okay. That's a little earlier than than yeah. I had imagined. Yeah. But it there's parts of my notes will make a little more sense now. Okay. Yeah, they have some the the sound of this record is definitely of the period, but you would think that they started around this time. I yes, I would have thought they would have started around this time and are are an influenced by a different California punk band that we will get oh. into. Okay, I'm curious about that. Uh, The band underwent many lineup changes throughout its career, starting off as a Bay Area-influenced punk band, moving on to a much heavier metallic-tinted sound to finally taking on a much lighter brand of melodic punk as the years passed. There's a chance I know the more melodic stuff. There's a chance that I know that more. That's this era. So they went from early punk-sounding, kind of like 80s punk. Okay to a more like metal influenced stuff like on their second third album okay. or no second album um and then started in on the melodic stuff with the album previous to this one called Leche con carne okay yeah. and then continued it through their next couple albums and then got even more pop punky that's as my it guess went on 
my guess the, is I would know they're more pop punky stuff. Yeah, my guess is anything off of their fifth record called More Betterness would be what you know. Okay. And this is yeah. also, especially if they formed in 88 or whatever, this is... 86. 86. This is that era of punk between the punk that I went back to and the punk that I really loved. Like, this yeah. is that era in between that we've talked about. I have a huge blind spot on this. Yeah, and that's, like, my bread and butter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Through and through. <laughs> yeah. My, my foundational time in, in punk rock. In 1993, after the band had released their first two full-length albums, Incognito in 1990 and Don't Miss the Train in 1992, No Use for a Name signed with Fat Records and released their EP, The Daily Grind. This would begin a relationship that would span 15 years and six more full-length releases. Good for Fat Mike, man. Yeah, they joined in on, on Fat Records in 93. It's interesting to think of what the scope of especially California punk would look like without no effects and fat Mike. Like it's, it's wild. Like if, if that didn't happen, yeah, I I would think so many bands just didn't get, get a spotlight, uh, may not have even formed it. It's, I think we forget of how important he is in the scene because he is kind of an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think I think he tries to be an asshole. I think it's intentional. But I, I, I think he's been doing it for so long, and we talked about this on our NoFX draft. He's been doing it for so long. Him. It's, it's kind of just, yeah, he's morphed into the character a bit. And he, he, he you will notice him catching himself at times, but for the most part, that might just be him. Yeah, I, I kind of feel that way too. Making Friends is the fourth studio album by No Use for a Name and was released on August 19th, 1997. On the CD release of the album, there is included a hidden track. The band does a cover of the song Beth, originally written and recorded by Kiss. I was I was and curious. That's, that's the one I know. That's the only that's the Beth you know? No, 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 no. That's the, okay. the that's the record I know. So when we okay. when we listened to it this week, and yeah. I told you to get the version with Fields of Ath and Rye on it, yeah. it comes after that. Yeah, when I was looking it's like hidden track. when I was doing my lyrics lookup, Beth was an option as like the ending, and I yeah. was like, "Is that? There's no way, right?" And, and then I, I, it's, it's in my notes that I was going to ask about it because that seems insane. Yeah, no, it's fantastic, and I'm like, I was hoping it was going to be tucked in at the end of Fields yeah. of Athen Rye as a, like a hidden track on Amazon, but I'm assuming. No Kiss has some kind of crazy rights to it, and they don't want to fuck around with it. You so, could probably like, even boil okay. that down to just Gene Simmons. Probably. <laughs> probably. The demon has a problem with anybody putting it out. He wants this cut, even though Peter Chris wrote it. Did I tell you the story about when he was on SNL? No. What was that about? He was on SNL, and I, I I heard this on a podcast somewhere, and they wanted him to do nothing, like just make a joke about another band or about a product or something. Okay. And he's like, are they paying me for it? Whoa. And they said no. And he said, well, no free rides. Damn. No free rides. So Gene Simmons wouldn't even go along with a joke. With a joke. No free rides. Like, I'm not promoting him. No free rides. That's hilarious. He's just about that cheddar. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> about that cheddar and about being fucking holograms now. Wow. Is that a thing? Kiss's final, final, and I put it in quotes because it seems like it's real, but you never know. Yeah. But they had their final tour and they wrapped it up in Madison Square Garden. I think uh, maybe it wasn't. It was. It, it, it had to be Madison Square Garden. I was saying they it had, had to this, be someplace big. They had this whole thing where they were like, well, you know, there's a huge announcement at the end. There's going to be, you know, all this. But it, it is our final show. They had like pop ups all around New York. And oh, then really? it was thought that because both Gene and maybe Peter's son, like they were along and they played in an opening band. So they thought oh. maybe they were just going to hand down the makeup and their sons were just going to take over, which oh, would just be cool. pass the torch on to the kids. It would be cool. Like, yeah. Yeah, but at the end of it, I guess they just said, "Yeah, and look out for you know January where we're going to be doing the Kiss Hologram Tour." Jesus and, Christ! <laughs> and 
they did like a little like teaser thing of it and it looked from what i understand just like a video game like it didn't look great oh no and and ev- i guess everybody that was there like was just audibly not excited like why like, like if you if you wanted to do that let your final show like get all that publicity and be like oh it's our final show and have everybody leave on that high note and then right. a month later reveal this then announce it yeah but it just ev- everybody that went was just like what are we what are we doing what are we doing <laughs> terrible and i think it's the same people that did that abba hologram show if you remember they did that recently i didn't know anything about that either yeah, and apparently that is that was fine, but ABBA and KISS are two very different bands. Oh, yeah. If they wanted to go the route of, like, holograms, they should make, like, Gene, like, the demon, look like a demon. They should make oh, the Starman... Like yeah, they should make the Starman look like a Starman. They should make the cat look like a cat, I guess. Man, but... you're, you're going to have to cut this out of the episode, because uh, it's your IP. They're going to steal it. Gene's going gonna, gonna to be all about it. He's no going to be like, rides. guys, I have this great idea. No free uh, rides. <laughs> but from from what it seems, they they dropped the ball. I mean, maybe it could go to be good, but I think all the fans, fans, like the hardcore Kiss fans were really yeah. like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, I can't imagine anybody being super stoked about that. Like, especially yeah. after like, what, 15 farewell tours? Mm-hmm. Now you're going to throw a hologram tour at me? Well, I don't know if they I, Kiss feels like they would have never said this is our last show because Gene just wants that money, man. Gene just yeah, wants he's that money. all about it. Yeah. But from what it from what I heard from like people who went to the shows, they said that Gene seems pretty fucking run down. Like even like yeah. he's trying, but he seems pretty run down. I'm sure he is. I mean, they're 70. Yeah. You can't <laughs> run around and you know Two foot tall high heels and fucking demon makeup with shoulder pads on and football <laughs> pads on. Yeah. yeah. It's just not the same. So I guess be on. The, I mean, this is old news at this point, but be on the lookout for it. Maybe it's already started by the time this drops. Who knows? But oh, be on geez, the lookout for the, the, the Kiss hologram tour. Right. Well, moving on with No Use for a Name and this album Making Friends, the lineup for Making Friends is Tony Sly on vocals and guitar. Chris Shiflett, he went on to be a part of the Foo Fighters. So he joined the Foo Fighters, huh? Yeah, Chris Shiflett went on to join the Foo Fighters after the next record. Does that make you love Foo Fighters? Like a, a little like wrinkle more? No, I was stoked about it. Okay. When it got when it got announced and he got into the band, I was like, oh man, that's really cool that they would pull a dude from a relatively as as far as that world of rock and roll, like yeah. a pretty unknown band and make him the guitar, like the lead guitarist in the Foo Fighters is pretty fucking cool. I agree. Like, I don't know if he went and tried like auditioned or something Yeah, for them, but yeah, to come from small, I don't want to say smaller, but like pretty unknown California based punk rock, skate punk rock band uh, to be part of, Arguably one of the most well-known rock and roll bands, at least of this time period. Do you think there was ever a, uh, they were on the same bill, Nirvana and No Use for a Name? No. Somewhere I on the West Coast. Doubt that. I doubt that. I can't imagine that would have happened. <laughs> I, can't, I just can't imagine it. Yeah, I mean, it seems weird, but maybe that's how or Dave Grohl just knows the scene, maybe, and he knew the guy, you, you know. He might. Know. Dave Grohl has his pul- like his finger on the pulse of everything, it seems like. That dude just knows music. I would say everything, uh, his finger on the pulse on everything except for making a record that I enjoy. Oh, that's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> no, you liked the uh, the one I brought you? I meant more currently. Uh, yeah, I well, did like the one you brought me. I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to deny that. I did like that one, but more yeah. currently, yeah, just making weird shit but it's his right to do it whatever it's his art yeah exactly we have matt riddle on bass and rory cough on drums the record also features guest vocals from dickie barrett of the mighty buddy boss tones as well as karina dinike of the dance hall crashers okay not familiar with them i I don't think you know dance hall crashers at all 
Is there going to be a record that you bring me during Scottuary that Dickie Barrett isn't somehow involved with? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. He, right. he might be the, the glue that puts it all together. All right. Great. I'm a big Dickie Barrett fan. Uh, musically. <laughs> <laughs> put that nice copy catch. on there. <laughs> nice catch. Nice catch there. Because I was about to. You saw me gearing up. You saw me loading yeah, up the I, gun. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. We'll, we'll just say vocally. His, <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Um, that's actually it as far as notes go for no use for a name and the record. Uh, there really isn't a whole lot out there except for a a wrap up segment I have for the end, but let's jump into albums that were released in August, 1997, man, 97 could be, we'll see if you know any of these. Well, I get, I bet you there's stuff in 97 that came out that I know it definitely wouldn't have been in 97, but yeah. But it'll depend on what you pull out of there. Like, you might pull nothing but things I don't know. So, we'll see. I I have some stuff that you probably know. But, yeah, you came to it much later than 97. Absolutely. All right. So, coming out August 5th, 1997. The debut record from Atmosphere. uh, Overcast. (laughs) And you want to talk about coming to a record later than 97. I came to that record in 2021. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's yeah. it's excellent. It's an excellent record. I thought about bringing it to you, mm. but you are you already know atmosphere and the fact that it's so bit. recent. The fact that it's so recent to me, I don't know how much I could add on to it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That could be one of those down the road once we run out of things to give each other that I'm like, well, all right, let's do this one <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, also on the fifth, we have three eleven with transistor. All mixed up. Don't know what to do. That's all I know from 311. Yeah, it's not that record. Uh, <laughs> I got I got tricked into buying this record. That seems crazy. Uh, I hate it. I think it's terrible. <laughs> not a, not a fan. I'm not a 311 fan at all. Like can't. All I know is all I know is all mixed up. And I technically was it a 311 show. I went to one, but it was at. It was one of the Rolling Rock Town Fairs, but it was at Heinz oh. Field in Pittsburgh. Okay. And they were like one of the very first bands playing. So I only saw them on the TVs walking into the stadium mm. while I was buying like marijuana lollipops and shit. I was <laughs> living. My friends and I, I think our senior year of high school, got, I think we got free lawn seats to go okay. see them at uh, a venue called Pine Knob. It's an outdoor amphitheater. I forget the opening band. It was like a local, but then Incubus played. Okay, I and see then, where this show is going already. Then Three Eleven headlined. Three Eleven headlined, huh? Yeah, we sat down, mm-hmm. uh, enjoyed the local, watched Incubus, and they were fantastic. Um, really loved that show. I think that was when Make Yourself came out, and then. 311 came on and I told my friends, see you guys, enjoy the rest. And I left. I think I left by myself. Man, that's a bummer. Yeah. It's a bummer that you like the headliner didn't, and you didn't even give him a chance though. Like you knew you weren't going to enjoy it. I I knew already I wasn't going to enjoy it. I gave them two songs, man. I was like, nope, they still sound like shit. Let's go. And you, do you not? Do you regret it at all leaving? Like to think that you no. would have had the story today that you saw them and were like, "No, I watched the whole thing and it was fucking awful." No, I didn't need it. I, I I sat through two songs, and that was more than enough. The only show I've ever left early on, and I, I do regret it because mm-hmm. it would have been a better story if I would have been like, "Yeah, I watched it all and it was fucking horrible." Uh, <laughs> it was. Ozfest 2008. It was the free one. It was when it was tickets were free. You just had to get them. Oh yeah, yeah. And we left during Ozzy. That's how bad he was. Wow. Like it sounded That's... so horrible. That we sucks. watched like two or three songs. I watched Zach Wild do a guitar solo that may or may not still be happening. And <laughs> and then we were like, we can, we're gonna leave, right? This is fucking horrible. And we oh, all decided, man. like, let's let's beat the fucking traffic and go because this is That's, bad. That is always on my mind when a headliner <laughs> comes on. I was like, they have to be worth it for me to be stuck in this traffic for a half hour after the show. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 
I think there was a, a mayhem fest that I went to that Godsmack was the headliner, which is a okay. wild move. It's a wild and, headliner. Uh, yeah. So I watched the second to last band. God, oh, you know what? They might not have been a headliner. I think Slipknot might have been the headliner. So it was Godsmack then Slipknot, but Godsmack came on and I was like, oof, can't handle this. And then I've seen Slipknot before. I'm going to get an early night. <laughs> See ya. I think if it's a festival show where Godsmack yeah. is probably playing for 40 minutes max. Yeah. They're going to play their five hits. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to enjoy the shit out of those hits. Uh, guiltily, probably, but I'm going to enjoy them. Yeah. And then the moment they play a deep cut, I'm I'm already out the fucking That's door. Out. Like, I'm out, I'm out the <laughs> gate. They're looking at my back when that first chord of that deep cut hits. Yeah, I just wasn't for it. I wasn't about it. But yeah, I, I constantly weigh the joy of a headliner versus the joy of me getting home at a decent time. Like this headliner better be good enough that I'm going to listen to their music in the car for two hours in traffic. Like that's right. how exactly. good they Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, coming out on August 12, 1997, we have... The metal band Tiamat with a deeper kind of slumber. I have no idea what that is. I nope, don't I didn't either. I don't even know if I've ever heard the name. Tiamat is a big, bad, evil guy in Dungeons and Dragons. It's a five-headed dragon. Okay. Uh, so that's why I pulled it. I went and listened to this record after writing it down because I was like, I had to know. Ah, yeah. No, nope. Not Th- great. This record... Could have stayed stuck in the 80s. Yeah, I'm going to say the 90s aren't a huge time for good metal. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. Also coming out on the 12th, we have Lagwagon with Double Platinum. I know not Lagwagon. The I would, not the one I would bring you. I know Lagwagon you. from Comps. I don't know if I've ever listened to yeah. a full Lagwagon record. Yeah, they're on the list for you later on down the line, but not this one. Uh, also coming out on the 12th, another debut record, Head P.E. Oh, with boy. their self-titled record. <laughs> I know that one. Yeah? They just put a record out last year, too, that I, I did listen to. Something has happened, maybe in me, maybe with them. Okay. But it feels like either like their music is coming around again. Like oh. new metals happening again, maybe, which is, is we've seen bits and pieces of that happening. Oh, for sure. But I, I'm maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just like, fuck this. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm not here saying I'm. it's in my top 40 records of the year because we know how many right. I listen to. But it's it, it, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hell out of it while I was in it. And I was like, oh, yeah, great. Head well, that's good. And I think they put out a covers record of like 70s songs last year, too. Oh, that wow. I enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, right? Real interesting. Uh, also coming out on the 12th, Backstreet Boys with their self-titled record. That may have been one I listened to in 97. There's a possibility. There you go. There you possibly go. I listened to that. It wouldn't have been me. It would have been my cousin. She, it would have been her CD that we would have listened to together. Ah, uh, yeah. And that's when I would have been getting just sucked in. Like, let's go. Let's do this. Backstreet. <laughs> Backstreet's fans. back. All right. <laughs> Coming out on the 21st, we have Oasis with Be Here Now. I, oh, you can keep it there now. I like it. They they have a few records that I really enjoy. Not, not an Oasis guy. I don't even like the hits, if I'm being honest. Oh, really? Yeah, You're not I a Wonderwall guy. I... Wonderwall is one of my least favorite tracks in music. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Gotcha. I don't. I don't like it for the joke it's become. I don't like it because there was a guy that was my friend growing up who, God damn, did he play nothing but Wonderwall? I would say he would time. only play it. Yep. <laughs> it's like what? What are we doing? What, just yeah. let's anything else, and then he would just launch into <laughs> "Damn It" for the next two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that tracks that tracks yeah yeah i i it know was, that dude it was rough times everybody knows that dude i was almost that dude yeah i'm glad you aren't yeah. this show might this show would be a lot different it, would, it wouldn't work out it wouldn't <laughs> work out coming out on the 25th we have ramstein with seshuked yep got it understood uh <laughs> i like do host 
I, I was gonna say Jeremy. we went over we went over that one record for the 100 list, and I actually yeah. enjoyed it. it. It was German. I didn't understand a damn word he was saying, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I like the yeah. sounds. Which makes me sound like, which makes me feel like you might like some more industrial stuff, but I don't have the knowledge or urge to dive into that with you. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe the, this year. Only... Maybe this year is your industrial year. There we go. We'll start listening to Ministry and Nine Inch Nails for a month. I don't know about we. Let's stay away from <laughs> we. Uh, coming out on the twenty sixth, we have Hole with the first session EP. Okay, I don't. I. As you know, I'm yeah. a whole guy. You're a whole guy. Yeah. I, I, I celebrity know. skin is fucking excellent. I'm, and I know I'm, I'm a hypocrite. Dreading. I know I'm a hypocrite. Yeah, I'm dreading when that comes to me. It'll it'll be yeah, it'll come eventually. Yeah. The bummer is you're it, it's you're just gonna be so I'm I'm trying to find something that I, I can equate it with, like that you would bring me that will be so hard to break down my personal barriers, and I'm sure there is some things. Yeah. But to the level that you don't like whole and Courtney love as a person, it's going to be tough. It's uh, I know. Mm-hmm. And like, I'd have to come at you with like some just shit. You never were interested in. I mean, it would have to just be, well, see, I thought it was going to happen on Alice in Chains, but I got that. Yeah. Yeah. I got that. I know. I'm trying it, to like, it'd have to be Pearl jam. It would have to be Pearl jam or like super radio friendly era grunge. Yeah. I think yeah. that's it. That's it. It have, have to be, be that. It even have to be like a Pearl Jam deep cut record, like Yield. I'd have to come at you with Yield. I really didn't like Elliot Smith, but I didn't have any preconceived opinions on Elliot Smith. Yeah, yeah. No, so, it yeah, have to be something that I'd have to try I'm, to win you over with, but yeah. knew ultimately it would be a severe uphill battle. I mean, more recently, if you would like bring me a new sleep token, it would probably be that. Oh yeah, like I have such a negative connotation you of sleep token that yeah. I don't know if I could get over it. Uh, another walking on cars record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that happening, but yeah. but even then, like the the negatives in me for them is only a couple years old, whereas your whole yeah. and Courtney Love hate it's is decades, decades long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, decades long. Yeah, I don't think I have it. I don't know. I'll keep searching. I'll scrounge. Great. We'll come up. We'll come up with like our hate month. Just be terrible shit that we know the other one's gonna hate. I gotta start figuring out what month that's gonna be so we can make a pun out of it. Um, what's the eighth? August. Hate. That's April. April. That's April. 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 <laughs> Ooh, that'd be rough. We'll see. We'll we'll come back to you, folks. We'll get there. Uh, also coming out on the 26th, we have the Alcoholics with Liquidation. I don't know what that is. Is that Alcoholics with a K? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the name, but I don't know what that is. Me too. <laughs> I I just thought maybe you might know. I didn't know. And you didn't listen to this one? No, I didn't. Okay. I was too busy listening and being disappointed by Tiamat. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, coming out on the 26th as well. The debut self-titled record from Saliva. Man, I will admit, I didn't mean to download it, but you know how many fucking <laughs> songs? You know how many songs were click, click, boom when they weren't supposed to be click, click, boom? <laughs> click, click, boom. Yeah. Uh, every place you tried downloading it, every place said it was a Limp Biscuit song. And it, no, it oh, really said is. Click, click, boom was a Limp Biscuit song? Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Never once. Never once was it a Limp Biscuit song, but. I like that song. Have I ever listened to a Saliva record? I really don't think so. I've never. I heard I heard that Click Click Boom track, and I was like, oh, this is not for me. And then I saw the dude, like I saw the singer, <laughs> and he had like rings on every finger and was really trying to do it. And I was like, oh, no, this is, this is worse than dudes in makeup. He looks like the guy that would be the lead singer of a band called Saliva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my head, he also looks, he almost looks like a bizarro Chino Moreno. Oh, no. <laughs> like, if Chino made a couple different life decisions, he's the lead singer. <laughs> that guy. Oh, I'm so glad Chino is who he is. So <laughs> glad. Uh, also, coming out on the 26th, we have Coolio with My Soul. 
Okay. RIP, we lost him last year. I have no idea what my soul is about, but it's definitely not Gangsta's Paradise. Yeah. Coolio, is, weirdly enough, much like how we're in the era of punk that I'm never super familiar with. Coolio was in that era of hip-hop I was never super familiar with. Gangsta's Paradise is all I know. I know Gangsta's Paradise because we listened to it in my buddy's mom's lime green Mitsubishi clips, and that gives you a there lot of go. information on yeah, everybody involves age. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and then last one I have on the 26th, we have Shaggy with Midnight Lover. So, almost, be- well, back-to-back out regular episodes talking about Shaggy, because we mentioned Shaggy <laughs> in the in the That Next and OT episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't me, man. And that's not right. that record, but... No, it's not, yeah. That record was like four years after that. Yeah, I don't know anything about this record, but yeah. No. The only thing I know about Shaggy is, yeah, it wasn't me. And Angel. You know Angel. Do I know Angel? You're my darling, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I do know that. Yeah. Yep, yeah, that's his other hit. I don't know any other Shaggy, though. That's the two. That's it. Um. Okay, we got Billboard charts. You want the Hot 100? 97. Yeah, or, or the 200. Uh, let's go Hot 100 first. Okay, we'll start at number five. Billboard Hot 100 for August 23, 1997. To Become One by the Spice Girls. And 97 was a popier for your boy, it sounds like, already. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a Spice Girls fan. Yeah. From way back. Yeah, you are. Big time. Yep. I, I used to... I used to... I, I had a fist fight with a friend over which Spice Girl we were going to date, and we both wanted to date Baby because we were fucking children. Because <laughs> you're kids. I was, a sp- I was a posh guy. See, I, at, once I matured a bit... Yeah. I think I became a scary guy. Gotcha. But we had a fist fight in my bedroom about Baby Spice, oh, and we both left fight. crying. <laughs> oh, my God. We both left crying. That's how that worked. Man, what a rough fight. <laughs> Nobody won. What a wild time. Nobody what won. What a wild time. My, my dad won at the bottom of the stairs laughing at us. <laughs> right. That's what happened. Yeah, exactly. Uh, coming in at number four, one for your boy, Semi-Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. That that's their big record, right? Or yeah. at least one of them. Yeah, their big record was their self-titled. Yeah, that's their big, big one. Okay. And semi-charmed life is huge hit, and I I fucking love it. I love it. Never listened to full record, but I know the hit. It's on the list for you. I don't think I care. Yeah. Like I, that's why I haven't brought it to you. And by don't care, I mean. I mean, like, I like the hits, but I've never sought them out. Yeah. Like, if they're on, no problem. These are fine. Yeah. But I've never been like, you know what I need to listen to today? I think I'm going to listen to some third eye blind. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Uh, I really love that self-titled record, though. It's super good, in my opinion. Coming in number three, this one's for you. Another one. Quit playing games, parenthetically, with my heart by the Backstreet Boys. Quit playing games with my heart. yeah god damn big time on trl oh big a lot of a lot of weeks on trl i can see the video i can see them touching their chests clutching their pearls a lot (laughs) clutching their pearls and then reaching to the camera i love that fucking song though gotcha number two we're going back and forth this one's for me mo money more problems by the notorious big featuring puff daddy and mace i have a maxi single of that where it is the standard version and then like four remixes of oh, it. Oh wow. And it just it just reeks of puffy milking that oh, shit yeah. for all it's worth. He did. <laughs> I'm sure he still is. He's trying to find a way to sell that to to sell <laughs> to sell it to anybody for anything. And then coming in at number one, one that nobody wanted, I don't think. <laughs> I'll be missing you by Puff Daddy and Faith Evans featuring one twelve. Yeah. I think it's a good song. It just but felt it just felt wrong to me. Talk about a blind spot in my music. 90s R&B is a big blind spot yeah. for me. And that that's essentially an R&B song. Yeah, I don't, I mean, you can call Puffy a rapper if you want, not. but he's not. <laughs> no. I hate it when he He's a, he's I hate it when he gets lumped into the rapper like categories because he's not. Uh, he's an entrepreneur. Yeah. He's a mogul. He's a, he he may be a creative genius, but at the end of the day, he is 
basically the clock that Flavor Flav wears around his neck, <laughs> Puffy just turned it into a suit. Yeah, yeah, a shiny suit. He's just a hype man. Like yeah, that's just what he is. I agree. He, he did it well. Yeah, he did it well. A couple other ones uh, on the on the list. Some some longer running ones coming in at thirty nine weeks. Two of them coming in at number twenty eight. Barely breathing by Duncan Sheik. I don't know what that is. Me neither. And then <laughs> coming in at twenty one. Foolish games slash you were meant for me by Jewel. Okay, I don't know. No, Jewel's a blind spot for me. I know like her big hit. That that's that's, that's a pretty it. big one. Uh, you were meant for me. I was meant for you. Great. Yeah, I'm trying to remember <laughs> anything else of that song, but I, and I'm not about to sing it because I can't. I can't do it any kind of justice at all. But I know you've been working on your Joel uh, <laughs> karaoke voice. I know. I need to. I need to keep working. <laughs> okay. Understood. Understood. Let's get into the Billboard 200. Coming in at number five. It's it's wild because they were number five on the Billboard Hot 100. Spice Girls mm-hmm. with their self-titled record. Which I just got uh, like a month or two ago. Did you really? Yeah, I got there was a sale somewhere and I got it for like eight bucks or something. Hey. And I was like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever Bring makes you happy. My way. Yeah, whatever makes you happy. Yeah. And those album cuts are not. Good. <laughs> I hardly remember them, but I, I imagine if somebody were to play the CD, I would get a wave of nostalgia from sitting in my bedroom, hearing my sister in her bedroom playing the CD. Man, does you, does your sister and I have to do a Spice Girls episode with you? Like, oh, do we have to bring God. her on? Oh man, I I, <laughs> I don't know if she would even admit, cares anymore. I don't think she'd admit okay. being into them when she was. Okay, that I seems, think that seems like a three years older than you. Okay, which is wild for me to think about. <laughs> right, this is my little sister and. Arguably, one of my best friends is three years younger than my little sister. It's better than your wife being three years younger than your <laughs> little sister. Yeah, that would, that'd be something else. Coming in at number four, <laughs> the aforementioned 311 with Transistor. Oh, great. We don't need to talk about 311 again. Nope. Coming they got in, enough shine. Coming in at number three, we have the soundtrack to Men in Black. Will, Will <laughs> okay. Smith. Yeah, yeah. That was a pretty big soundtrack. Yeah. A big movie, yeah. really big movie. I I I loved it. That first one, fantastic. I think I like the second one. I like the second one too. I went ba- we went back as a family and watched all. Th- I think there's three that Will Smith was in. Yeah, and I think three was severely underrated. It was super good. We liked it a lot. Good to hear. Yeah, uh, coming in number two, Bone Thugs in Harmony with the Art of War. Good for that, man. Yeah. I listened to a Bone Thugs record when I was on B Rappers last year, but I don't remember what one it was. Was it their big one? Art of Art of War. Art of War sounds familiar. No, it wouldn't have been their big one because I was listening to my initial thing was I looked at their most played records and normally their biggest one is the first one. And I would listen to the second one because I wanted to hear like a their second biggest record. Gotcha. But I don't know if Art of War was and I might have given that up by that point. Now I just... If it's an artist I don't know, yeah. I will look for their shortest record, essentially. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then coming in at number one, Puff Daddy and the Family with No Way Out. Okay, Puffy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so the longest running, coming in at number 97 with 113, okay. Just on. 113 weeks on the charts. Okay. Alanis Morissette with Jagged Little Pill. We talked about that record in an episode at some point yeah. a while ago because yeah. I listened to it last year. I think I listened to it last year as well. Yeah. Um, I think I said that she either sparked an entire generation of new musical theater people. Yeah. Or she was so latched on to musical theater self that she couldn't help it because it sounds like dear evan hansen yeah. it sounds like it sounds it sounds like just musical theater yeah and then they turned it into a musical yeah which i heard is very very lackluster <laughs> oh fantastic yeah i mean i didn't i didn't plan on going to see it but yeah you know. yeah well that's it for the charts and releases Making Friends by no use for a name released august 19th 1997 12 tracks 27 minutes Released on Fat Records. Brand, tell me what you thought. First track, the answer is still no. Yep. 
And now that you said it's on Fat Records, the beginning little skit where it's, you know, hey, what's, what's your name? name anyway? And fuck, fuck you. you. That's, that's my, my name. name. Yeah, that that's a very no effects feeling joke yeah. to me. That's a but also just a punk scene of the time. Yeah, joke. it's the opening. Di- it's but it's funny dialogue uh, between Alec Baldwin and Ed Harris from the film Glenn G- Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. Adding it into the record because their name is no use for a name yeah. is pretty great. Yeah, like it's it's funny. Made me giggle right off the bat. I love it. I'm ge- I'm getting that late nineties, but this is er- this is early mid nineties for this thing. Mid nine, it's, no, it's late nine. It's ninety seven. You could say yeah, it's you could say it's mid late. Yeah, mid to late. But I'm getting the those vibes and the guitar harmonies of that time, which I still like. Like yeah. I like those when they those guitars are harmonizing together. My vocals, my first reaction on these vocals, That's what I was it's not entirely positive. Ugh. Not entirely positive. Dang it! It feels a little flat, a, a little generic to me, if you will. Yeah. Uh, this will. I, I'll get more into this later in my notes about the vocals and why they feel that way. Okay. Cause I did pinpoint it at a certain point. Oh, good. But they just seem a little flat, a little generic, a little boring to me. But when there's harmonizing the vocals, I like it a lot. Okay. Like I like when his voice is harmonizing with, whether it be a back, like the guitarist or somebody else joining in on the track. Right. I like the harmonies a lot. Yeah. The flatness of his vocals harmonizing with somebody else's it, it's, it's a good match. <laughs> like it, it works for me. Gotcha. But when he's not harmonizing, not overly positive. Lyrically, this it's very like emo centric punk. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of emo shit into this. Yeah, and this fits so well into Scott Uary because this has you written all this over is, it lyrically. This it's is in, early it's on. Like this is like too early to be called emo. And like this yeah. is like you can tell. Like you just said, you can tell the songwriting. Like lyrically, yeah, this is definitely 100%. 100% where that side of me came from. It's insane. It's insane how you these these lyrics are, and how much I could tell you would love a lot of this. Yeah, and it like it, like this is. I've listened to this around the time it came out, maybe a maybe a, mm-hmm. a year later, but I had listened to Leche con Carne before, which is the record that came out before mm-hmm. this. So I I don't remember like waiting for this record to drop but i remember seeing it getting stoked and picking it up like late 90s yeah moving on to invincible yeah in the first track i felt like the drums were maybe a little too high in the mix Mm -hmm. that's just a it was a personal situation yeah in this one i feel like the vocals might be a little too low in the mix like even okay even if i'm not loving the vocals i still want to be able to fucking hear Hear them front and center like let's let's put it out there okay so then these these vocals that I don't really love, yeah, when I'm reaching to hear them doesn't help them. Right. Like like when I'm struggling to hear all these things happening, I don't love them. Yeah. Also the drums in this track feel identical to the first track, but that's kind of unfair because it's punk rock and it's this time period where you're going to get a bit of the same drum fills and <laughs> drum situations. Yeah. It's unfair to mention, but just something I I noticed in the 1 2 comparison. Lyrically, this one feels a bit angrier, but still emo. Like there's yeah. still emo shit going on in this. Yeah. And it's still at this point, I'm like, is this whole album this? Because if it is, there's this that's hundred percent the reason Scott loves this. <laughs> like that's hundred percent the reason. So let's move on to growing down. Cause we may be on this one for a bit. Okay. All right. First off, this track is great. I like this track quite a bit. Okay. I'm good. I'm a fan of this track. All right. However, I am lost as to who the storyteller is and what's happening in this song. <laughs> like, did a kid get his girlfriend pregnant and his drunk dad has a problem with it? Or is oh. the drunk dad the future version of the first person? I, I could not oh, wow. figure it out. I'd have no clue. I always thought it was just the drunk dad was the dad of the the unborn child just being a dick to the his so then who is this who is the storyteller telling the story is it the unborn child oh maybe like i couldn't yeah. i can't find out what angle we're coming at with oh, it I, I, I struggled with i this never thing. even thought about it if i'm being honest <laughs> i never thought about it oh wow you got it just it's yeah the more i tried to dig into it and i would be like oh no it's definitely that and then i would be like well hold on this contradicts that so then it has to be this angle of the storyteller is. And then I'm like, oh, hold on. Maybe it's not the dad. 
But then, then, then I was like, well, hold on. The next verse says this a different way. And I, I was just so wow. confused. I, I like the track. Yeah. It's, it's in, it's probably in my top three, but God damn, do I not understand <laughs> what angle it's coming from? I don't know. I didn't. And maybe think about it's, it. Maybe I just thought about it as storytelling without like pinpointing who the narrator is. Okay. Then maybe that's on me. Like I, I'm always like, that's where my mind's at. I'm trying to find right. the angle that we're looking at it from. And I couldn't find it here. Wow. But I didn't, if you're, I never thought about it. Never. The more I tried, the more I tried to dig it, I just got more and more confused, yeah. but I still like the track. I just don't see what's going on. Most of it. Uh, this is the track that features Dickie Barrett in it. His- and his voice is the pretend that we're lovers, but she feels like a slave. Yeah. Like that's his part. Mm-hmm. And it sounds excellent. I would love more Dickie Barrett on this record hey. because I loved his sound coming in on that. Yeah. And it may be the first time I ever heard him without horns. So I was like, <laughs> what's going on here? No, he was, what is, what's up? He didn't have horns on that H2O track on that H2O track. Yeah. But that was just like a shout thing. Like that was just his yelling out his city. That didn't really count. All right. Uh, no, he had a different feature. He had another feature on that record, too. I can't remember it. Oh, uh, did he? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's move on to On the Outside. Let's do it. Uh, opening dialogue is David Thewlis from the film Naked. No idea. Ooh, no, I have no idea either. Yeah. And this is where I get talking about the other California punk band that I was hearing influence from that potentially could be contemporaries now that you tell me how early these guys were um i'm hearing a lot of bad religion influence oh all right and it could just be that california sound that you know you're in that you're in that scene at the time and everybody's kind of you know parallel thinking you know some verses may sound similar similar cadences yeah but the second voice on this harmonizing and singing along is phenomenal. Mm. I, I love the second voice. The, that's Karina Dinek. Yes. Dineke? I I can't pronounce yeah. her name. The, the female voice coming in yeah. with his vocals, them together is excellent. I love it. Yeah. I would love, I would love her on every track of this. It's, <laughs> I think it's excellent. Yeah, She's really good. I like it too. Um, I, I actually like the background vocals by her a bit more than I like his vocals nah. on this one. Got it. But that's, that's whatever it's, a, this is a solid track. This is right in your wheelhouse of punk. Mm-hmm. It's fast and loud, but has sentiments of emotion and misery in it. Oh, yeah. And that's you to a T. That's it. Like, oh, I'm sad. I'm mad. I'm sad. Oh, but I'm a little mad. Oh, but I'm mad. I'm sad. Like, that's that's you. <laughs> through and through. <laughs> through and through, that's you. It is. Uh, moving on to a postcard would be nice. Mm-hmm. This is maybe the catchiest one yet. Okay. But... But man, does this scream teenage angst and anger. So then I have written down here. You absolutely love this. I know you had to have adored this song. In 97, 98, when I was 15, 16. Boy, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you still love it because of the nostalgia baked into you from this track. It's just, I, I love it because I love the record. The way you reacted to while listening to that Mexican OT and be like, oh, man, I know Brand fucks with this heavy. Yeah. I know. When I heard this song, I was like, holy fuck. This <laughs> is Scott's bread and butter. Yeah. This is he's eating this for dinner, breakfast, lunch, a snack. This is everything. It's everything. This is everything to him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a solid, solid track. Solid track. Yeah. Moving on to Secret. Secret. Yep. Some more very heavy bad religion sounds here. And then this is when I start pinpointing that vocals because okay. it sounds like bad religion. Mm-hmm. His voice sounds off because it's, it's not, not bad religion's vocal. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. It's it's not it's not Greg yeah. singing what I'm hearing. But once I was able to pinpoint that, I was able to like get around it and be like, okay, no, we're all right. Like, it, okay, that's why it felt off because I was hearing bad religion, but not, not hearing bad religion Greg. vocals. Yeah. Now that I caught the vibe essentially, and I know those are the vocals, they. Not only did they not bother me after I pinpointed that, mm. they they didn't bother me when I went back to the other tracks. Like oh, I have good. no problem with these vocals at all. Okay, I, I, they're it, it, it's not a negative on the record at all. I just I had to pinpoint why. It, it took a little work while you got there. Yeah, I had to pinpoint why they were bothering me, and it's just because I was my body had the reaction of like, hold on, you should be hearing something different, right. and then 
I wasn't. Gotcha. We're good on it. I made it, I made it through. And this is an excellent track. Secret's a great track. Yeah. I'm, I'm locked into this record by, by this track now. That's fantastic. And then best regards. Yep. I'm curious mm. if you were overly introspective, like emo singer songwriter guy before this, or if this was like a gateway album into you getting into that stuff late. It was probably a gateway because okay. I, I can't because- think of anything prior to this record that would have caught me like that yeah Um, okay yeah because like the acoustic emo punk stuff i didn't get into until like yeah it'd have to be like 2000 maybe around then 2000 2001 ish Mm -hmm. maybe so yeah this is the precursor to it all for me because it has all the edge and the vibes of punk that you thought was cool yeah. and that you would have wanted to listen to, yeah. but it's very reflective and like self-evaluating at the same time. Yeah. It, this it's another good track. There's another solid track on this record, but this one made me really sit back and be like, I think this is a gateway emo record. Right. Like if you wanted to go back and break down what potentially birthed uh, some emo, it could be this kind of stuff we're listening to on this record. It's kind of why I think this one, I brought you this one instead of the first no use for a name record that I listened to that. I mean, that, that one I still love. It still hits hard for me, but this one has a, this one's more instrumental. Yeah. Yeah. It's more instrumental on who you are and where your music tastes went. Oh yeah. Next up is revenge. Mm -hmm. You want to empty clips on everyone around and burn their fortress to the ground is fucking dope. I love it so much. Yeah. It's dope. Yeah. I fear like if you wouldn't have nostalgia attached to this, that it would, it would, there'd be a bit of you that would, the gun thing would catch you a little off. It, it might, but that one, but I was able, I was able to get around it. Yeah. I can separate that quite a bit. Like, especially if it's just generic like that and it's not aimed at anything. Right. Like it's, yeah. it's not like I got my gun in my backpack by my notebook. Yeah. It's, no, it's, I'm just going to empty clips on everyone. Yeah. It's like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. Uh, this track is, much like we talked about in the Descendants draft, very easy listening punk. Very easy listening punk. Like yeah. a lot of this record is. Yeah. If I dig it and get confused by a song's angle, like we mentioned in Growing Down, <laughs> yeah. I can just pull back and enjoy it sonically. Like I like the sonics mm. of it. If I don't, if I don't know what's happening, or if I'm getting caught off by vocals that or lyrics that don't really pertain to me or matter. It's still great sonically, and this is a great, solid track. Yeah. Uh, and then it, sometimes if it gets too sad or angry or angsty, I can just pull back <laughs> and be like, yeah, listen, listen to this easy listening punk here. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Moving on to Sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Weird here is I'm getting mixed sounds, and one is a band that came later. Okay. I'm getting some Bad Religion, and then I think maybe why you liked this band later I hear Alkaline Trio. Okay. I hear a bit of Alkaline Trio floating around in here. Sure. And I I like both of those sounds. Yeah. So guess what? This is great. This is a great track. I could see this being a single that was effortlessly on a comp with no problem. I could see this thrown on a comp and meld with the the punk of the time and just here we go yeah. just another another one in the chamber I don't know if it ever was on like a fat records comp or you know uh, I don't I can't imagine it was on a punkorama No it was not Yeah but it it very well could fit onto any of those those late 90s early 1000s 32 bands on one CD comp <laughs> yeah And th- this one gets it seems to get deeper and analytical, but on like a more, on like a less specific way. Okay. Like a lot of the other, a lot of the other tracks are very specific in what they're talking about. Like it's a very specific thing to the writer of the song where this one is more of a generic, like, Hey, this is, you know, you can, you know what this is about because it's, it's universal. Yeah. And I like that more like for some reason. Your own, own interpretation from it. Cause it's not so, yes. Yeah. It's not so pinpointed. Yeah. It's, it's not, yeah. It's not pinpointed at one person. And I like that more. Mm-hmm. It's, and I don't know what that says about me or where I'm at with this record, but I, that's something, I guess hey, yeah. that's something, <laughs> but I like the track. Good. Moving on to three month weekend. Yeah, buddy. 
there's a lot of singular non-harmonized vocals on this one and that i've been i've been so vibing with that that it was a little like okay this seems like a step backwards a little bit there's also a lot of conflicting lyrics here again and i'm not sure again the aim of the song (laughs) but i can i can step back and enjoy it sonically it's it's still very much enjoyable okay there's not a negative about this track either well that's good moving on to sitting duck Mm mm-hmm Well, to throw you and myself here, there's no harmonizing here, just a couple uhs, and this is an excellent track. I don't know. I maybe I was just like, yeah, I'm I've let it go what I thought was wrong with this, and I really like this, but it's quick, it flies by, but it's real good. This is a real good song. Yeah, you can kind of say that about this whole record. I, it's 27 minutes. It's taking us longer to talk about it than to actually play the record. <laughs> yeah, it's very quick. Yeah. It's very quick. Yeah. And then we got the closer, Fields of Anthony. Anthony Rye. Ant, okay, Fields of Anthony Rye. Uh, this feels so much different than the rest of the record, and I could have used a bit more of this, like the little dimension added here and there with the bagpipes. What the fuck are yeah. we doing? What is that? Is it what? Yeah, I could have used a little dimension with the bagpipes here and there, but I'm assuming this is a cover. Yeah, it's an Irish folk ballad from uh, 1970, written by Pete St. John. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it, 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 it definitely reeked of not them writing it. Yeah. But I like their, and I don't know what the original sounds like, obviously, but I like their little twist on it. They added their own flavor. It's just. And I thought punk. it was good. This is not punk. It's an Irish folky tune, but yeah, full of bad. It's, it's and closer and to. It's closer to flogging Molly and like Dropkick Murphys. Yep. Like you could, you could draw a direct line in between those two. Guess what got me into Dropkick Murphys and flogging Molly? Fields of Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Rye. Fields of Anthony Rye. I'm sure probably played into that yeah. a lot. Yeah, and then. I what this this is what I mentioned. I was looking at the lyrics and I saw that Beth was there, and yeah. I said, "Surely not the Kiss Beth, like the Beth, right?" It and then you told me it was. So I'm I'm gonna have to listen to that because I don't think Beth is a great song when Kiss did it. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not bad. I'm interested to see the cover is not they bad. Do. They, I mean, they pop punkify it. Okay. Yeah. Top three, I guess. Um, I already mentioned that "Growing Down" is in my top three. Yeah. I don't have my top three ordered. I just have three tracks. Okay. So I got Growing Down, yeah. Revenge, and Sitting Duck, which surprised me. That's like Sitting Duck surprised. I don't know why it happened, yeah. but loved it. Uh, I could put any of these tracks on there, but my yeah. my top, also in no particular order, but Revenge is one for me for sure. A Postcard Would Be Nice is definitely one for me. And then Invincible is probably up there too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and I see it. I get a hundred percent while listening to this. There was no question of what you loved about it. There oh, was yeah. no question on why this record was instrumental in your yeah musical journey to where we are now. It's pretty nuts because like I didn't realize it until probably until we started doing the show, like how yeah. much this record like really meant to me and how <laughs> it like unknowingly shaped my listening habits and musical tastes oh yeah absolutely yeah it's 100 pretty nuts so before i before i ask you the the question i have some wrap up uh kind of a decent amount uh but tony sly singer songwriter guitarist uh died in his sleep on january 31st 2012 at age 41 on September 8th, 2012, when the surviving members of No Use for a Name played a show at the Enval a Macadam Festival in Quebec City, Quebec, in honor of Sly, bassist Matt Riddle confirmed that the band was splitting up. Uh, in November 2013, Fat Records released The Songs of Tony Sly, a tribute, which was a tribute album featuring artists doing their own takes on Tony Sly solo and No Use for a Name songs. Artists on this album include Get Dead, No Effects, The Bouncing Souls, Snuff, Joey Cape, Strung Out, Alkaline Trio, Simple Plan, Gaslight Anthem, Teenage Bottle, Bottle Rocket, Mad Caddies, Rise Against, The Flatliners, Ladder Wagon, Bad Religion, Pennywise, and Yellow Card. Okay. Yep. Uh, multiple bands and artists have released songs honoring Sly as a close friend and inspiration, including No Effects. They did that song, I'm So Sorry, Tony. Lagwagon did the song, One More Song. 
And Useless ID frontman Yodam Ben Horan did a song called Tony Sly. Additionally, Sly's vocals are posthumously featured on the album version of the musical Home Street Home, which was written by NoFX bassist and vocalist Fat Mike. So not only was he influential to my musical taste throughout my life, also very influential and seems like a really good guy and friend to a bunch of people from like fat records era and that label good dude uh so so what you're basically just set up is man this guy that did this record and did all this uh he's dead everybody loves him yep uh what do you think about the record like you just totally sandbagged me for this for this whole question yeah you can't say a bad thing now uh (laughs) brand no use for a name is making friends throne own phone or groan even when I didn't like the vocals, this wasn't a groan because this, it, it's a good record. It's a good, fast record. Yeah, it's I, I can't put it in throne because it it sounds like other things that I like a lot sure. that I would put above it. Yeah, um, I, I would definitely I think I would own this. It's so quick. It, it I wouldn't have a problem with owning this at all. That's this awesome. is an own. That's awesome. I also I looked while while you were talking about his death, I looked it up. Yeah, um, it looks like Fat Mike said it was like his death was a lethal combination of meds and drinking, yeah. so like an unintentional overdose. Yeah, and then somebody else said somewhere um, tragic mixture of painkillers, booze, and bad judgment. Yep, <laughs> yep. That that's yeah. So j- just a bummer. Yep, it's really sad. I, I mean, as you can tell, like I was a big fan of his songwriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like his solo stuff. I wasn't going to bring it to you because of Elliot Smith, uh, but it's, it's very similar in feel. Uh, and, okay. Uh, but, okay. Uh, yeah. Tony, do you think his solo stuff would have led you to Elliot Smith stuff? Like, do you think that was a step? I didn't know Tony Sly put out solo stuff until I okay. learned about Elliot Smith. I would say though, that this record, like the lyrical content is, could be uh, like, uh, uh, uh a stone across a river to get to Elliot. Yeah, it definitely, like it, it definitely seems was. to be that. Yeah. So Scott, yeah, this was the only record we were listening to this week. Which record of the week? Uh, my record of the week I just mentioned was the Tony Sly uh, songs of Tony Sly, a tribute record that uh, Fat Mike and Fat Records people put out. Um, a lot of different versions of No Use for a Name songs and Tony Sly songs done differently and. It, it hit me in the feels this week, for sure. My record of the week is a 32-minute EP. So an EP yeah. that is longer than the record we just listened to. <laughs> Wild. Uh, it is called the County Hound EP. It's by an artist named Cashish. Oh, Cashish. Cashish. C-A-S-H-I-S. And it's, it's, it's hip-hop. I think he was Southern and he moved North or was like Midwest and moved to California. I don't know. I read it somewhere. He moved somewhere, but put it this way. I enjoyed the fuck out of this, even with an Eminem feature on it. That's oh. how much I enjoyed this. Wow. <laughs> so wow. did it sound like, did it sound like Eminem maybe like legitimately phoned his feature in? Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. on the phone. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it did. Here's, here's my verse in a voicemail. Scott, I'm telling you, if you listen to it, really? you, it's it's weird. It's weird how it sounds like that. I'm going to have to listen to it. But I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. it. Just, you know, it's a little a little harder than your standard fare that I think Eminem would get on. Put it that way. Oh, okay. Uh, but fan. And I know nothing about the dude. It was just, I was in my, alpha, I'm listening to my alphabetical lists and it popped up and I liked it. Fan of it. What was the name So of it? Cassius. C-A-S-H-I-S is the artist, and then the County Hound EP. Gotcha. So that's, we got Records of the Week. No Use for a Name was an own. Yeah. So now all that's left is me to tell you what we're listening to next week. Ooh, what do we got? What do we got? Well, this one's been a long time coming. Oh. And I actually did a survey of some friends this week. Okay. Because I didn't know what record to bring you. There was two that were a toss-up. From this artist. And... From this artist. Okay. And it was, and the, the survey split down the middle. Of course. Like, of course. Every, every, like, if I asked two people, they both said different things. If I asked four people, they said two different things. If I asked six people, they said th- th- different things. Oh, man. So rough. I went a route where I figure if A doesn't work, we 
could go to B. Okay. But if I went to B first, going back to A would be weird. Gotcha. So we're starting at A. Starting at A. And we're we're going with the 2005 record. Oh, okay. All we know is falling by the band long time coming Paramore. Oh. Oh, okay. All we know is falling. <laughs> All right. By Paramore. This is a long time coming. Paramore has been mentioned since early on in the show. That's yeah. And I was I I was very hesitant early on and I'm glad I saved it because you have let's call it already I guess. You've come around on female vocalists. I really there, have. There was a wall up to begin with in the show that we have seemingly broken down and I don't think that that I don't think that will be a problem here. But I uh, I'm I know her voice because yeah uh, i mean that fucking plain song yeah and i was gonna the, say the hit she was on on that bob track and their hits are kind of like in every shopping market <laughs> yes so yeah i i it won't surprise me i know what i'm in for as far as her vocals go as far yes. as musically i'm not 100 percent sure I know. Yeah. And that is where some of the argue, some of the argument with myself came in. Okay. So like I said, if A doesn't work out in a way I was thinking it was going to, we can move on to B. Okay. But if B didn't work out, coming back, back to, to this this one might be a little weird. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So who knows? Maybe we got two Paramore episodes ahead of us. I'm I'm interested. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I'm interested. I'm definitely open for it. Coming off the heels of Basically, the last three months of last year, <laughs> I, I'm, I've definitely come around on female vocalists, and I'm prepared to mm-hmm. listen to some more. And I'm, I'm excited for you. Yeah, have an have a open and honest opinion. And, I, that, and that's all we ask for here, Scott. Yep, that's, that's all it. we ask for. That's it. So, Paramore, all we know is falling next week. Listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you. Listen to something new. Listen to something you love. Homework. Follow us on Twitter at AOLpod. Follow us on Instagram at AOLpod. Join the Facebook group. Link will be in the show notes. Send us an email at areyoulistening.pod at gmail.com. We'll reply. Yeah. Yeah. If you have draft topics that you think we should dive into, even if Oof. we've never listened to them, we'll give it a shot. this way. But we have another draft in Scott Uary before that happens. Oh, so. man. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Scott, thank you for the podcast. Thank you for the episode. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you, brother. Mm. Are you listening? Are you listening? Seshucked. We had a fist fight in my bedroom about Baby Spice, and we both left crying. The clock that Flavor Flav wears around his neck, Puffy just turned it into a suit. I've definitely come around on female vocalists, and I'm prepared to listen to some more. Buying, like, marijuana lollipops and shit. I was fucking living. I'm sad. I'm mad. I'm sad. Oh, but I'm a little mad. Oh, but I'm mad. I'm sad.